Today is Communion Sunday, of course, the first Sunday of the month, and we come to this time of worship uh, mindful of that, and let us open together with a prayer found in your bulletin. We do not presume to come to your table, merciful Lord, trusting in our own goodness, but in your all-embracing love and mercy. We are not worthy even to gather up the crumbs under your table, but it is your nature always to have mercy. So feed us with the body and blood of Jesus Christ, your Son, that we may forever live in him and he in us. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in the one body. The peace of Christ be with you. Creator of heaven and earth, grace to you and peace from God our Creator and the Lord Jesus Christ. The scriptures record how even in the Garden of Eden, God had a plan to redeem his fallen people through the coming of the Christ. As we come closer to Christmas, our days are filled with preparations. Let us also prepare our hearts to celebrate again the coming of the Savior. Let us pray to our Lord who has come and is coming again. Come, let us worship the Lord. Beloved in the Lord Jesus Christ, we propose to celebrate together with the help of God the sacrament of the Lord's Supper this Lord's Day. We come to the table to commune with our Lord. We come in awe and reverence. The place where we stand is holy ground. Here, the Lord offers us the manna of life. If we are to experience this celebration with our Lord and be nourished by the Spirit, let us examine ourselves first. Then eat the bread and drink from the cup. The benefit is great if with penitent hearts and living faith we receive the Lord's Supper. Let us acknowledge our sin before our merciful God with full intention of amending our lives. Let us make restitution for all injuries and wrongs done to others. Let us forgive those who have offended us as we ourselves have been forgiven. All children of the covenant be reconciled with one another and then come joyfully to the banquet so that you may experience assurance of God's pardon and strengthening of your faith. When our days are punctuated by angry words of hatred and ingratitude, forgive us and grant us peace. When the pained cries of the oppressed grow louder around us because we have not shown compassion or love, Forgive us and grant us peace. When war's cacophony silences the sweet voices of children, forgive us and grant us peace. When we heed the call of commerce and ignore the cries from the manger, forgive us and grant us peace. 
when the sinful noise of this world aggrieves you, Holy One. Hear again a call from the cross. Forgive them, they know not what they do. And in mercy, forgive us and grant us peace. Holy God, holy and mighty, holy immortal one, have mercy upon us. Rejoice and believe the promise. In a daring act of hope and imagination, God moves ever nearer to us, gracefully pouring light over our dark places. Hear the glad tidings of the gospel of God. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. In Jesus Christ, you stand forgiven. Thanks be to God. Then God spoke all these words. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an idol. You shall not bow down to them in worship. You shall not make wrongful use of the name of the Lord your God. Honor your father and your mother. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not testify falsely against your neighbor. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Come to the reading of God's word, let us pray. Lift up your hearts, let us lift them to the Lord our God. Faithful God, your promises stand unshaken through all generations. Renew us in hope that we may be awake and alert, watching for the glorious return of Jesus Christ, our Judge and Savior, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. The word of the Lord from Isaiah, chapter 9.6 and 7. The prophetic names of the coming Messiah. For a child has been born for us, a son given to us. Authority rests upon his shoulders, and he is named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His authority shall grow continually and there shall be endless peace for the throne of David and his kingdom. This is the word of the Lord. Please join me in the Psalter litany found in your bulletin. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has looked favorably on his people and redeemed them. He has raised up a mighty Savior for us in the house of his servant David. As he spoke through the mouth of his holy prophets from of old, that we would be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us. Thus he has shown the mercy promised to our ancestors and has remembered his holy covenant. 
the oath that he swore to our ancestor Abraham to grant us that we, being rescued from the hands of our enemies, might serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all our days. And you, child, will be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation to his people for the forgiveness of their sins. By the tender mercy of our God, the dawn from on high will break upon us to give light to those who sit in darkness and the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace. Our second lesson comes to us according to the Gospel of John, chapter 20, verses 19 to 29. The passage recounts the Apostle Thomas's confession of faith. Hear now the word of God. When it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and the doors of the house where the disciples had met were locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord and said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. When he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. But Thomas, who was called the twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the mark of the nails in his hands and put my finger in the mark of the nails and my hand in his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were again in the house and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were shut, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it in my side. Do not doubt, but believe. Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who who have not seen and yet have come to believe. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The second title that Isaiah gives to the promised Messiah is the mighty God. I'm curious about something. Do I have any comic book buffs in here? Nobody? Okay, then let let me ask this. <clears throat> Who is your favorite superhero? Superman? Hmm? Spider-Man? Captain America? The Green Lantern? Okay, at least someone didn't say Flash Gordon. That would really date you, I'm afraid. Uh, although the movie is now out, I'm told. So, Okay, 
What is it about superheroes that attracts us? Why do we like them? Why do we go to watch their movies or read their comic books? Alice? They can do things that we can't. Very good. And normally every superhero always what? Wins. Who said that? Thank you, Jackie. Yeah, every superhero's got to win. And even when Batman dies, he's what? He comes back again. Okay? Even in the myth of the superhero, when the god dies or when the hero dies, the god comes back, just like the superhero. Let me tell you a secret. The Hebrew word for mighty is the Hebrew word gibor. Not Zsa Gabor, Gibor, G-I-B-B-O-R. Okay? And it means hero warrior. It is given to the one person, usually the commander of the army, that wins. And the only two words that, that make up this title of the Messiah are the words El and Gibor. Now, El is only used in the Old Testament for the Godhead. Okay? It is never used to connote a human being. It is always used to connote divinity. Okay? The word Elohim, on the other hand, can be assigned to a human being in the Old Testament. It is a title that is sometimes given to a great general or a great warrior okay? or a great king. But the word El is restricted for divinity. And so the prophet gives this title to this prince of David who would bring peace and governance upon the world as El Gibor, the hero God. And what is it about superheroes that we love? Well, there's three things that every superhero, every good superhero does. First of all, every good superhero overcomes his own character or her own character. Every superhero has something they fear. There's something that can undo them. With Superman, it was what? Kryptonite. Okay? Um, with Batman, what was it? Huh? There you go. Okay? Every superhero has something that can undo him or her. And that is their fear. That is their innate character. If this Messiah is going to be, in fact, the person who brings in the kingdom of God, as the prophet suggests, this superhero, God, is going to, first of all, overcome the very nature that we have as human beings. The second thing that this superhero is going to overcome are circumstances. Every good plot to every superhero comic or movie is about what? Rescuing the, the helpless, the victim, the pretty girl, um, the, the city about to collapse or blow away. Or There's always in the plot... Okay, circumstances that have to be overcome. And this hero God, the prophet is saying to us, 
will overcome the circumstances that spell darkness, that bring darkness into our world, that helps us to see through our own darkness as well. The third thing that every good superhero overcomes, of course, is the enemy. The enemy. For us, we give that enemy a name. Satan, the devil. Lucifer, the fallen angel, who declares, I will, five times. Okay? The number of brokenness in Hebrew numerology. Five. Five times I will be like God, he said. In overcoming the enemy, in overcoming the circumstances, in overcoming the character, the superhero brings us to a new way of living. There's freedom. There's expanded life. There's new opportunity. In all these things, the prophet speaks wisely, clearly, and very, very carefully about what is going to happen when this Messiah comes. Now, I'd like to talk to you a little bit today about a $25,000 word. It's one of those words that every seminarian learns and then thinks that they're really educated because they can throw it around. And it's the word eschatology. Okay? Eschatology is the, the study or the love of the study of the coming of the kingdom of God. Eschaton is the Greek word for the, the kingdom of God. Okay? Eschatology is that understanding in our terms of the already not yet principle in scripture. And that is that somehow the kingdom of God has already come. And we celebrate that every year at this time of year with the birth of Jesus in the manger. But during the Advent season, we also talk about the what? The second coming of Jesus. Okay? The already, the birth of Jesus, the not yet, the second coming. And we live in between those two events. We have no idea when Christ will come again, but we know that over 2,000 years ago, Christ came as a baby in a manger. Because that already is true, we believe the not yet. But I suggest today that if we understand this Messiah as the true superhero God, we will be able to do something very, very significant with those words. The biggest challenge to being a follower of Jesus is to think and speak and act in ways that show others that the kingdom of God is present in the world. And what is helpful, I think, for us is to, know, to turn the words around in our understanding and the way we live. Instead of saying that the kingdom of God has already come, but not yet has Christ come in his fullness to bring glory, I'd like to turn it around in a different way. The kingdom of God has not yet come 
in its fullness. But already, I am living as if it had. Not yet the kingdom has come in its glory, but already I live as if it had. Now I'm going to make a public admission here, and this thing goes on the website, so I'm going to declare myself. I have no problem with Santa Claus at Christmas. Never have. Okay? And the reason for that is because I believe that any symbol for the mythological reality of the kingdom of God in the world that helps us break through to people is extremely valuable. Okay? Have any of you ever read to your grandchildren or your children, or maybe your parents read it to you? I don't know how many of you would be old enough to have this book in your library. But have you ever read the book Polar Express? Okay. What happens at the end of the book? Ellen, do you remember the end of the book? The little boy gets a a bell from the sleigh, and he loses it on the way home. And, of course, at the end of the book, he goes to the Christmas tree on Christmas morning, and after everything else is opened, his sister finds a little box behind the tree and brings it out, and inside the box is what? A bell. Okay? And he opens the box, and there's a note in it. It says... I found this outside by the sleigh. Okay? Fix the hole in your pocket. Because when he reaches in earlier to find the bell, he only finds a hole in his pocket. Signed, Mr. C. Okay? Now he gets the bell out and he rings the bell and his sister can hear it. But his parents say, Ah, too bad it got broken. Because... They can't hear the bell ring anymore. The closing line of the book is, everyone else has lost the ability to hear the bell ring, but I hear it. And the reason I can still hear the bell, he writes, is because I still believe. If we can't hear the bell, of the kingdom of God in its fullness, perhaps we have stopped believing. Perhaps the sounds and the noises and the thoughts and all the stimuli have taken away our ability to hear that beautiful, clear sound of the kingdom of God in its fullness. In the beautiful ringing of a simple sleigh bell. At this Christmas season, during this Advent, if you want to talk about repentance, if you want to talk about getting your life right, I know of no other thing to ask for as a Christmas gift for ourselves, as the ability to believe again. The ability to believe and to act as if the kingdom already has come. Shane Claiborne, one of the founders of the community in Philadelphia. I forget the name of the community. Can you help me there, Mike? Do you remember the name of the church? What it's called? Broad Street. Broad Street Ministries. Thank you. We believe, he writes in one of his books, so much 
that another world, the kingdom, is possible, that we can't help but live in it now. We believe so much that another world is possible that we can't help to live in it now. Let's pray. Merciful God, you sent messengers, the prophets, to preach repentance and prepare the way for our salvation. Give us grace to heed their warnings and forsake our sins that we may greet you with joy at the coming of Jesus Christ, our Redeemer, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Please stand with me and join me in your bulletin for our confession of faith, which is the words of our song of hope. And together let's confess what we believe. We sing to our Lord a new song. We sing in our world a sure hope. Our God loves this world. God loves it into being. God renews it through Jesus Christ. God governs it by the Spirit. God is the world's true hope. We are a people of hope, waiting for the return of our Lord. God has come to us through the ancient people of Israel. As the true Son of God, Jesus of Nazareth, as the Holy Spirit at work in our world, our Lord speaks to us now through the inspired scriptures. Christ is with us day by day. Our only hope is Jesus Christ. After we refused to live in the image of God, he was born of the Virgin Mary, sharing our genes and our instincts, entering our culture, speaking our language, filling the law of our God. Being united to Christ's humanity, we know ourselves and we rest in him.
Father in heaven, we thank you for Jesus Christ and the gift to us in him of all that is good, of all that is great. We ask your spirit's blessing now upon our celebration of the table through him who is our Savior. Amen. You may be seated. Beloved in the Lord Jesus Christ, the Holy Supper which we are about to celebrate is a feast of remembrance, of communion, and of hope. We come in remembrance that our Lord Jesus Christ was sent of the Father into the world to assume our flesh and blood and to fulfill for us all obedience to the divine law, even to the bitter and shameful death of the cross. By his death, resurrection, and ascension, he established a new and eternal covenant of grace and reconciliation that we might be accepted of God and never forsaken by him. We come to have communion with this same Christ, who has promised to be with us always, even to the end of the world. In the breaking of the bread, he makes himself known to us as the true heavenly bread that strengthens us unto life eternal. In the cup of blessing, he comes to us as the vine in whom we must abide if we are to bear fruit. We come in hope, believing that this bread and this cup are a pledge and foretaste of the peace of love of which we shall partake when his kingdom is fully come, when with unveiled face we shall behold him, made like unto him in his glory. Since by his death, resurrection, and ascension, Christ has obtained for us the life-giving spirit who unites us all in one body, so are we to receive this supper in true love, mindful of the communion of the saints. All those who are baptized into Christ and who confess Jesus Christ as Lord are welcome at this table. These are the gifts of God for the people of God. Come, for all is now ready. In the green hymnal on page 250, you will find the communion prayer. In the green hymnal on page 250. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. Holy and right it is in our joyful duty to give thanks to you at all times and in all places, O Lord, our Creator, almighty and everlasting God. You created heaven with all its hosts and the earth with all its plenty. You have given us life and being and preserve us by your providence. But you have shown us the fullness of your love in sending into the world your Son, Jesus Christ, eternal word made flesh for us and for our salvation. For the precious gift of this mighty Savior, who has reconciled us to you, we praise and bless you, O God. And with your whole church on earth and with all the company of heaven, we worship and adore your glorious name. Most righteous God, we remember in this supper the perfect sacrifice offered once on the cross by our Lord Jesus Christ for the sin of the whole world. In the joy of his resurrection and in expectation of his coming again, we offer ourselves to you as holy and living sacrifices. Together we proclaim the mystery of the faith. Christ has died.
Spirit upon us, we pray, that the bread which we break and the cup which we bless may be to us the communion of the body and blood of Christ. And grant that being joined together in him, we may attain to the unity of the faith and grow up in all things into Christ our Lord. And as this grain has been gathered from many fields into one loaf, and these grapes from many hills into one cup, grant, O Lord, that our whole church may soon be gathered from the ends of the earth into your kingdom. Even so, come, Lord Jesus. On the night he was betrayed, Jesus took bread. When he had given thanks, he broke it, said to them, This is my body given for you. Take and eat of it. In like manner, he took the cup and said, This cup is the blood of the new covenant shed for the remission of your sin. Drink it as often as you do in remembrance of me. The bread which we eat is the communion of the body of Christ. Take and eat it unto the salvation of your soul. The cup of blessing which we bless is the blood of Jesus Christ shed for the remission of our sin. Take and drink it unto the salvation of your soul. Please join me in your bulletin for the Thanksgiving after communion. Brothers and sisters, since the Lord has now fed us at his table, let us praise God's holy name with heartfelt thanksgiving. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and do not forget all his Who forgives all your iniquity, who heals all your disease, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy. The Lord is merciful and gracious, so to anger, abounding in steadfast love. He does not deal with us according to our sins, nor repay us according to our iniquity. For as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is his steadfast love toward those who fear. As far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our transgressions from us. As a father has compassion for his children, so the Lord has compassion for those who fear him. Who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, and will also give us all things with him. Therefore, shall my mouth and heart show forth the praise of the Lord from this time forth and forevermore. Amen. Let us pray. Almighty and everlasting God, from your might and your mercy, we receive our redemption through Jesus Christ. We have participated in this supper in faith, believing that you are not only with us, but in us, working through us in a world of darkness, being light. Therefore, today we pray for light, light in our world. For our governments and our leaders, we pray for this light to be manifest in wisdom and justice. For the church, in opportunity to spread the good news and to minister to the needs of the poor and the needy. For us as a congregation, see ourselves involved in our community, sharing the love of God in tangible ways. As families, we ask, Lord, for your light and your love to be demonstrated in our relationships. And we ask, O Lord, in our relationship with you, 
that your light may be the light that encourages us, strengthens us, us and upholds us. Gives us guidance and direction, wisdom, discernment, and joy, peace, hope, love. We pray all these things because Jesus, our Savior, taught us to pray, boldly saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts. We forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. First of all, I want to say thank you for the greening of the church. Tom and Kathleen, for your overseeing that whole process. Uh, Walt's help in getting the greens for us. And for everyone who was here yesterday uh, and put up... Uh, the greens, the smell has already begun to fill our nostrils as well as our hearts with some of the joy of the season. Huh? Hey, thank you. I invite everyone, of course, who is with us today to stay and join us for coffee and refreshments after the service in the Bellhower Parlor across the way. Of course, next Sunday we begin the First Men's Shelter, and that is not going to be our shelter. We are simply going to house it, the students that the Reform, or Rutgers Protestant Campus Ministry will be staffing it. And um, today at 1 o'clock, uh, I will be looking for some volunteers to join me here to go pick up the pots and the tubs of, plastic tubs of linen to bring uh, to the church to store for next Sunday. 